Okay, in four degree scenario, agricultural mitigation becomes paramount. It's, it's important not only because it helps contain greenhouse gases from agricultural sector, but it's important because it has adaptation benefits too. Because majority of poor in developing countries depend on agriculture for food and income, so it has got livelihood aspect to it too. The outline of my presentation is here. The, I'll talk about contributions of greenhouse gas emissions by sector, distribution of greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture, sources of agricultural greenhouse gases, mitigation potential, economics of agricultural mitigation, and barriers. Mostly we are interested in looking at the barriers because unless you recognize and address those barriers, people in the developing countries, especially the poor farmers, have no incentive or to engage in mitigation action. So contribution of greenhouse gases emission by sector. When you look at this chart, it becomes evident that agriculture is one of the major emitters. If indirect emissions are taken into consideration, agricultural emission account somewhere between 17 to 33% of emissions. And when you look at the global distribution of greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture, uh, it becomes evident that agriculture emission is primarily a developing country phenomena. You know, South Asia leads the pack with 26% and followed by Latin America. So there is a huge potential out there. You know, in the, de in the developed world, you may have to focus on industrial sector pollution and the pollution from energy sector and the transport sector. But as the transport sector is not that booming in the developing world, you may have to rely on agricultural and agricultural mitigation and the mitigation of greenhouse gases from the forestry sector. So the sources of agricultural greenhouse gases, even when we exclude uh, land use changes, you know, uh, still the emission from the agriculture se sector is large, and the troubling aspect is emission from the agriculture sector is increasing. From 1990 to 2005, methane and nitrous oxide emission increased 17% globally. According to Food and Agricultural Organization, it is it will increase by 35 to 60 percent by 2030. So something has to be done and has to be done now. So when you look at the mitigation potential from agriculture, it becomes clear that the mitigation potential really lies in the developing world. There lies a huge potential in South Asia, South America, East Asia, and South, Af South Asia. So all we got to do is convince these poor farmers, you know, provide them with adequate incentive so that they can participate. In some cases, they are not knowledgeable about the new practices. They, may not, they, they, they are not educated. So in, case, some, in some cases, you might have to educate them and provide the real incentive. So that will, I think, do the trick. So economic potential for greenhouse ga gas mitigation. Uh, the global mitigation potential with increasing prices is here for its practices, and it is clear that as the price increase, carbon price increase, mitigation potential also increases. So among other things, carbon price will determine whether the actual mitigation potential from the agricultural sector will be realized or not in the future. So with opportunities, there lies the barriers, you know. Adaptation of, adaptation of Adoption of mitigation practices is not only the technical but a complex developmental issue. And we recognize 
three main barriers. Here, technical and information, economic and institutional. So these three barriers have to be recognized and addressed before you know, poor farmers in the developing countries start participating in the proposed mitigation measures. Technical and information. Most of the farmers in the developing world are poor and illiterate. So they may not have the know-how to participate in you know, modern agricultural practices that will mitigate greenhouse gases from the agriculture sector. The, the research done, by, done in Sahel clearly shows that the farmer did not have the enough skills to engage in carbon offset scheme efficiently. And in many cases, farmer might not have the information as and where to go and you know, get the information about how to participate in the project, carbon sequestration projects. So they, they, this technical, technical and information barrier are important ones. And economic barriers. Contracting, verifying, and monitoring carbon sequestered in small farms that are widely spread, spread out imposed high transaction cost. So at the end of the day, the payments that farmers get may not be enough to induce these poor farmers to engage in mitigation activities. The broker's cost of crop insurance alone could cost 25%. So at the end of the day, the poor farmers might, might not get what they are getting now by, by practicing uh, you know, traditional agriculture. So unless the proposed measures are equally rewarding, there is no incentive for the poor farmers to partic participate in mitigation measures. And institutional barriers, you know, in farmers' ability to benefit from the soil carbon projects will largely de depend on their ability to bargain with the carbon traders and their ability to bargain with the government entities that negotiate terms and conditions. So it will also depend on the, on the social capital that the community has and how cohesive the community is. And another important aspect that we think will determine the success of you know, mitigation projects in developing countries is the issue of land tenure. It is a very contentious issue. And the many studies in Africa uh, have clearly shown that land tenure security has positive effect on adoption of improved management practices. Stahl in 1993 conducted a couple of studies in different uh, African countries and found that there is a direct link between land tenure security and adoption of best management practices. And Patnaik et al. did a similar thing with agroforestry and the result was the same. And it's, it's, it's not only in the developing countries, but the result is same in the developing, developed countries. Saul et al. did the similar study in the United States and found that you know, land tenure security is important for adoption of you know, management practices, best management practices. And it, it makes perfect sense. Farmers that own land or have secure rights are more likely to invest in management practices. If I don't own land, um, why should I invest? It doesn't make any sense. So Nimachina uh, did a study in Ethiopia and South Africa and found out that the land security right determines whether the best management options are adopted or not. In the uh, other thing is, in the absence of well-defined rights, it's difficult for suppliers to make credible commitment to supply of the carbon offsets. 
So that's another aspect why land tenure issue must be resolved if the real potential from the agriculture sector has to be realized. And conclusion, agriculture has potential for crucial early action on mitigation. You know, there is still an opportunity out there. So this is the time to act to avoid four degrees scenario mitigation from agriculture is critical. Agricultural mitigation is important because it has high co-benefits for food security, poverty reduction, and enhanced resilience of the agricultural production system, and especially in the areas where agricultural productivity has been stagnating or where the last share of the population or the economy depends upon it. And in addition to for, for, formidable barriers that exist in the form of technical issues, that there is a challenge of economic uh, there is economic and the governance challenges that must be addressed, and there must be a structure put in place that can facilitate um, greenhouse gas mitigation from agriculture sector in the developing countries. Thank you.